what is the truth? We're looking for truth today. Truth does exist. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Rod Hemmer. I'm Janice. And this is Bible Discovery, a program discovering the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation. We invite you to join us as we spend the next half hour exploring that. Uh, now, Corey and Ryan are here. They're gonna bring their pieces up in about 20 minutes. Corey, what's going on? I'm going to be taking a look at ancient music. Ryan? Well, we all know well the many contributors to the Book of Psalms, like David, Solomon, and Moses, but what about some of the others, like Asaph, Heman, Ethan, and some of the sons of Korah? Who were these people? Well, this is the focus of my study today. Yeah, you and we read about that in, of course, First Chronicles. I mean, it's amazing, uh, all the names we read. Janice? Fun Friday wrap-up. A question anywhere from Job 24 through to Psalm 14. Lots of information in there. Psalm 12, verses 1 through 8. Help, Lord, for the godly man ceases, for the faithful disappear from among the sons of men. They speak idly, every one with his neighbor. With flattering lips and a double heart they speak. May the Lord cut off all flattering lips and the tongue that speaks proud things, who have said, with our tongue we will prevail. Our lips are our own, who is Lord over us. For the oppression of the poor, for the sighing of the needy, now I will arise, says the Lord. I will set him in the safety for which he yearns. The words of the Lord are pure words, like silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. You shall keep them, O Lord. You shall preserve them from this generation forever. The wicked prowl on every side when vileness is exalted among the sons of men. Psalm 12, verses 1 through 8. Psalm 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, and 14, as we read through the Psalms, the 150 books of music. And uh, as we do so, it's fascinating. You know, in today's world, it's easy to lose hold of the truth. It can seem daunting to tell the truth when there are so many different claimed truths. As Christians, though, we know that only God gets to determine the truth. We must learn to define what is real and true by God's standards, not our own. You see, we live in a world covered by social media, where truth has been scrambled into many pieces. Amazingly, many people seem only to care about being the first to say it. Just be the first, instead of being someone who says what is truth, what is real. What is said first is not always truth. Now, let us be people who seek things founded in truth. Of course, there are simple facts like what is day and what is night. And then there are more complicated truths that may not be able to, we may not be able to know the aspects of all of it. Like, for example, the truth about ongoing wars. We may seem brave or righteous in our demands for truth that we can tolerate, but Humanly or humanity is largely ruled by the sin nature. 
that would like to keep us bound to sin. Let us abandon our sinful nature, get rid of it, and instead cling to the truth that is sure. That which is found in God, God Almighty, the Lord, the Savior, Jesus Christ. Yeshua HaMashiach, that's the Savior, salvation. And as we do that, it becomes interesting because we learn a lot. And as we go forward, let me just say to you, turn your Bible guide to today's passage. It is great. We're talking about idle words, Psalm 12, 1 to 8. And uh, if you don't have a Bible guide, we'll send you one. Call us or write to us at the address or the phone number. Or another way to do this is go to BibleDiscoveryTV.com. Click on the Bible guide. It'll take you to a page and thank you for your donation. But when you donate, it'll take you to a page where you can download it. And uh, wherever you are in the world, might be in Australia, you might be, I don't know where you're at, but wherever you're at, you can download it. It's very, very important. You can join us. You're seconds away. Father, as we pray today, help us to understand that we live in a world full of idle words. Words that say this and words that say that. And Lord, it's our temptation to become wrapped up in the words. But help us to learn that truth doesn't happen because of words. Truth is far more involved in understanding you, understanding what your truth says. Help us, Lord, because that's the only way we can get through this, is if your Holy Spirit comes into our heart and shows us the truth. Thank you, Lord. And we thank you for changing our hearts today as we read the scripture in Jesus' name. And we said together, amen. Listen carefully to this particular psalm because it's important. Chapter 12, verse 1. Help, Lord, for the godly man ceases. The godly man ceases, for the faithful disappear from among the sons of men. The faithful disappear from among the sons of men. They speak idly, everyone with his neighbor. Boy, this is just like social media. With flattering lips and a double heart, they speak. May the Lord cut off all flattering lips and the tongue that speaks proud things. Who have said, with our tongue we will prevail. Our lips are our own. Who is Lord over us? Wow, this is incredible. You see, there is no pride like the arrogance of our words. No pride like the arrogance of our words. We see this in social media. Jesus helps us to be committed to his truth. We are committed to God's truth as Christians, as Christ followers. It becomes very important for us to learn how to keep quiet and not talk at every five seconds or every three seconds or every one second. Not express our opinion everywhere. We need to listen. We need to hear because the Lord is speaking. The Lord is doing something. Very interesting. Psalm 12 verse 5 says this. For the oppression of the poor, for the signing of the needy, now I will arise, says the Lord. I will set him in the safety for which he yearns. God will set us in the safety for which we learn. See, only God will pass rightful judgment on verbal diarrhea. <laughs> I want to tell you, that's exactly what it is. We should be quick to listen 
and slow to speak. Quick to listen and slow to speak. You know, I find it fascinating that all of these social media giants, it's all about words getting you to express your opinion, you know. So they're in there and they're navigating all of this and people are saying, I didn't get to express my opinion. They're not Everybody's talking about expressing their opinion. But let me tell you something. The only opinion that matters is the opinion of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the truth. That's the only opinion that matters because the judgment seat of Christ, we will all be there. We will be at the judgment seat of Christ. Now, the judgment seat of God, that's a different seat. And God will say to us, the Lord will say, what did you do with what I gave? What did you do with what I gave? That's very interesting. We need to think this through. We need to be careful about what we say. This takes me to chapter 12, verses 6 and 8. The words of the Lord are pure words. Pure, like silver tried in a furnace of the earth. Purified seven times. That's the words of God, man. You shall keep them, O Lord. You shall preserve them from this generation forever. Now the wicked prowl on every side when vileness is exalted among the sons of men. Vileness is exalted among the sons of men. You see, God's word is pure and unchanging. We must learn to hear and obey his divine instruction to us. God's divine instruction is very important for us to hear. So I have a challenge for you today. Here is my challenge. Make time in your day if you're a Christian. Make time if you're not. Make time and come to know the Lord. But make time if you're a Christian to read the word of God. You say, well, I can't read very well. Okay, well, listen to it. My wife listens to her Bible every day. I hear it. I listen to the Bible frequently. Listen to it. Well, I can't read well. I can't hear well. You want to know something? God will speak and show you how to do it. But as you begin to take the word of God, things begin to change in your heart. And that's the key. Because every day we need a we need a stability anchoring our heart. Our heart needs to be anchored because the, the wind and the waves, they rustle around the boat, but the boat is anchored to the foundation. We need to remain anchored as we sway back and forth with all of the things being said. Very important, beloved. So that's what we learned from today's passage. Father, help us. Help us to hear what your spirit says to us now. In Jesus' name. And we all said together, amen. Hi, Rod Hember here. We go through the Bible every year from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22. Now you can join us and watch at the time you like by searching Bible Discovery TV on the Roku box or on Amazon Fire TV. Anytime you want to watch us, we're there. Get a hold of it. Watch us anytime you want to. Well, we have begun our annual study through the book of Psalms, so I wanted to take this opportunity to take a look at ancient music because as most of us are aware, when we read through the book of Psalms, Psalms aren't just poems, they were originally set to some of that ancient music. So let's take a look. 
As far back as historians can see, music has been a part of human life. From the rock gongs of prehistory to the intricate bull lyres of Ur, mankind is musical. The Bible's first mention of music comes from Genesis chapter 4, an origin story. Jubal, whose name itself means ram's horn or trumpet, is given credit for inventing the harp and flute or lyre and pipe, perhaps the double flute that shows up in many ancient depictions alongside the lyre. Knowledge of ancient musical instruments has come down to us through physical remains, artistic depictions, and literary evidence. These sources have verified that instruments were made from diverse materials, some of which are easily preserved, while others tend to rot with time and regular wear. In the percussion realm, drums made of stretched hide and tambourines are known to have been used, but decay quite easily. So far, none have been found from ancient Israel. Rattles, cymbals, and bells are a different story. Many have been found. Before the invention of bells as we know them, pottery rattles or shakers were popular. Metal sistrums, bronze cymbals, and noisy jewelry round out this category. In the woodwind camp, there is the now-famous Second Temple period bone flute that was discovered in the City of David excavations. Many types of flutes existed in the ancient Middle East, but they weren't the only instrument that utilized a type of bone. Animal horns were used to create trumpets or shofars. Trumpets could also be made out of metal. We know from the Book of Numbers that silver trumpets were made for ceremonies of Israel. Interestingly, metal trumpets may have had an association with the lotus flower, whose shape certainly is trumpet-like. An example of this association was discovered in King Tut's tomb. His silver trumpet and its wooden insert are decorated with the lotus. In the Book of Psalms, there are several sections that are to be played according to the lilies, or according to the lotus. This may mean that they were songs played with trumpets. Listed in David's worship roster for the temple were stringed harps and lyres. These lyres came in many forms and sizes from ones that sat on the floor to handheld. From modern reconstructions, it's known that larger lyres played in lower registers than the smaller handheld styles. In Psalms, there are several references to the gates of Jerusalem and worshiping in the gate structure of the city. This seems to have been a regular place to play music, sing, and dance, as evidenced by the Bible and by carvings of musicians that adorned the gates of a few discovered Hittite cities. All of these instrumental remains, from physical to literary, have captured the imaginations of researchers for decades. For some of the more musically inclined, ancient Mesopotamian pieces of music have been somewhat deciphered, revealing complex cording that records both melody and harmony. Tempo, ornamentation, and vocal accompaniment still remain a mystery. You know, I think that the Book of Psalms is often underappreciated in today's day and age by just the general Christian culture of the West. And what I mean by that is music is, is extremely ancient. Much like speaking, music is a part of the way that we are built, we are designed, we are programmed by God to express emotion. It's, it's, it's a way of communication, and it's a really interesting way of communication. And so the Book of Psalms, really, you know, we're not limited as Christians in our worship or in our prayer life by the book of Psalms, but we could do a lot worse if we were to limit ourselves to a book. I mean, they, these are really ancient, very human expressions of faith, of doubt, of fear, of anguish uh, that, that real people going through real 
human struggles in life, you know, were expressing themselves to God in song and in prayer and in composition. So when we look at the book of Psalms in that way, there's a level of deeper human appreciation that we can have for it. I think the Psalms is probably one of my favorite books in the Bible. I love it. Because, uh, you know, the Psalms is interesting. And, and I'm going to ask you, after Ryan's piece, I'm going to ask you um, how you like, like the Psalms on the program. Because that's important. Because <laughs> I love the to You're going to rat us out. I love the Psalms. Stay anyway. tuned. <laughs> uh, Ryan, go ahead. All right. Well, uh, most of us are aware that David is the main writer of the Psalms. But today, I want to focus on some of the other contributors. Uh, guys like Solomon and Moses, they don't need any introduction, but what about guys like Asaph, Heman, Ethan, and the sons of Korah? Just who were these people? Well, let's try to find out. Although David is the principal writer of the Psaltery, with 75 out of the 150 Psalms attributed to him, other contributors include the sons of Korah, Asaph, Solomon, Heman, Ethan, and even Moses. While David, Solomon, and Moses are all well-known figures, a little bit more obscure are Asaph, Heman, Ethan, and the sons of Korah. Interestingly, Heman, Asaph, and Ethan were all Levites and the head musicians of David's massive worship team, each apparently leading a temple choir, with Heman placed in the center. These three men also led in sounding the cymbals and, along with their families, led worship at the dedication of Solomon's temple. Also, because prophesying in those days was very closely linked with the playing of music, Heman, Asaph, and Ethan were all considered seers, what later biblical writers called prophets. Heman was the human author of Psalm 88, and his position as the king's seer, as noted in 1 Chronicles 25.5, is certainly no surprise, since he was the grandson of the great and godly prophet Samuel. And Asaph, of whom twelve psalms are attributed, was Heman's associate, and was appointed by David in 1 Chronicles 16 as chief musician at the sanctuary. Significantly, as 2 Chronicles 29.30 shows, Asaph composed songs of praise that the people used in worship long after his own time. In fact, his descendants continued as chief musicians into the post-exilic period, many centuries after Asaph. Not to be forgotten is Ethan, called Ethan the Ezrahite, who is also probably the same as Jeduthun, he is the author of Psalm 89 and was considered among the wisest men ever known at that time, second only to Solomon. Also closely connected with Heman, Asaph, and Ethan are the sons of Korah, of whom 11 psalms are attributed. This close connection can be seen from Psalm 88, which is doubly attributed to both Heman and the sons of Korah. But just who were these sons of Korah? Actually, these Korahites were also from a Levitical family, with musical and other responsibilities at the tabernacle and temple. Their ancestor, Korah, rebelled against the authority of Moses and Aaron, and he and his family were put to death because of it, though the clan did not completely die out. Later, in the days of David and Solomon, they served as musicians and gatekeepers at the tabernacle and temple, and they were still ministering at the temple in the days of Jehoshaphat, more than a century after David. While it's not exactly clear what sort of duties were assigned to these gatekeepers, it is significant that the psalms associated with the sons of Korah speak of the requirements for entry into the temple and thus seem appropriate for gatekeepers. Although it certainly seems likely that there were other contributors to the psalms, 
Due to the fact that one-third of them remain anonymous, it is impossible to identify them. What we can be absolutely sure of, however, is their ultimate authorship, none other than the Holy Spirit of God himself. So except for Moses, all of the named contributors of the Psalms all lived about the same time period. And as far as the rest of the unattributed Psalms go, we just don't know who wrote those. But we don't really need to know because ultimately, the author of the Psalms is God himself. Now, let me ask you a question, Corey and Ryan. I love the Psalms. I love the Psalms. I've, the first thing I was ever taught to read when my dad was teaching me how to read was the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It's a 23rd Psalm, that's awesome. Anyway, I love the Psalms and I teach through them 150 verses. We're gonna be here for several days, mm -hmm. okay? How do you like the Psalms? Ryan? Me first? Well, I, I <laughs> love the Psalms. I do love the Psalms. Uh, personally, I love to read through them. They're, they're beautiful. Uh, when you're trying to come up with content uh, for programs, it's a little bit more of a challenge um, <laughs> because it's, it is, it's just challenging and Corey will tell you the same thing. But um, I'm going to be doing a study on the creation because Psalms often praise God uh, as creator. So um, that's something that I'm able to do on the program. Excellent. Corey, what do you think? Yeah, you're just riding us out here because you're, you're tired of hearing us say, Dad, you're going way too slow through the Psalms on the show. Uh, but no, it's, it's a very similar. Personally, devotionally, I love reading the Psalms and the Proverbs. But when you're going through the Bible in a year, there is a big chunk where you hit Job and then you're in Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes and Song of Solomon for a long time. Uh, and, and yeah, we try, Ryan and I try to um, match our segments that we put into the show with the content that we're going through the Bible, which isn't always possible with Psalms, which is it's both good and it's bad because it gives us the freedom to do a lot of other things. But there's just a lot of empty days. You know, when we're planning out the shows and we're looking at the script, it's you're looking at it and it's a little daunting <laughs> when you're trying to fill in, okay, what study am I going to do here? Because you can do anything. Yeah, yeah, so, because yeah. it's good. In your, in your specified fields, yes, mm -hmm. it's more difficult. Yeah, exactly. Because sure. when you guys, it was like 12 years ago, you came on the program and, and I said, I want the, I want the program to be done. Do your pieces. Yeah. On every day on what we're, what we're studying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. anchor it. Well, yeah. and the Psalms are great for, uh, you know, pastoral teachings and things like that. But when you're looking into uh, the culture and the details, you know, a lot of it was David and Solomon's time. So there's not a lot there as far as <laughs> years go, yeah. right? So yeah. you just have to, you know, you have to, Work, work through it. Wing it. Yeah. Wing it. <laughs> wing it. Not really. Hard to do yeah, in a daily program where we pre pre Tell us about things. your weekend. <laughs> what are you doing on your weekend? Okay. Every Saturday morning, my husband and I release a video on my YouTube channel that is a chapter by chapter recap of our assigned reading for the week. So it's just to keep you caught up on your Bible reading if you've fallen behind. So if you want to check that out, again, it's just my YouTube channel, which is my name, Corey Babechko. All right, very good. We also used to do the Bible IQ question, which I'm glad we don't do anymore. But well, you have a question. It is. It's he's not, not he's glad he the Bible IQ it's not for question, me. and yeah. that's right. It's not for you. you Even though you've you put in your years. Yeah, but I feel like, like I I have the answers now. But anyway, go ahead. Well, that's good. That's good as long as you keep those answers. The, yourself because the pressure is off well, that's right the pressure the pressure is off when the pressure is off so your true. brain works better isn't that so true <laughs> mm -hmm. it's very true all right mm -hmm. well 
you know, one thing, Ryan, you were saying uh, as you were doing your segment and talking about uh, the not having to. Oh, I now I can't speak. See, <laughs> when, okay. when you're looking at some of the psalms and some of them are titled specifically from David or from the sons of Korah and Asaph and all that, you might just want to keep that in mind. Mm. Okay, a hint. We've got a hint at home because it's also very equally as difficult going through the psalms to find a fun Friday wrap-up question because there's not a whole. I mean, it's poetry, and there's not a whole lot of questions that I can garner there. That's so fair. just pay attention to I those little details. Psalms. All right, here we go. <laughs> so this is not from the Psalms today. I went okay. back into Job. The Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning. Job's brothers, his sisters, and all those who had been his acquaintances came to him. What did each one bring to him? Number one, did they bring one camel and one female donkey each? Did they each bring one pair of oxen? Or did they each bring a piece of silver and a ring of gold? What was it? Because God blessed Job double portion of everything. So all of these things are very, very important. What was it that each person brought? I see a lot of head nods. Yeah. Pretty confident. Kind of pretty, we're pretty confident. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. confident. Yeah. yeah. All right. Do you want to? I, I give think an it's the silver and gold. Yeah. Piece of silver and a ring of gold. I think. And what about you at home? If you had that same answer, you are absolutely right. I'm going to read it for you in Job 42, verse 11. Then all his brothers, all his sisters, and all those who had been his acquaintances before came to him and ate food with him in his house, and they consoled him and comforted him for all the adversity that the Lord had brought upon him. Each one gave him a piece of silver and each a ring of gold. Good job. There's a lot of you that I know play along, and you're going to be letting me know very soon that in, indeed another week you have got the answer right. Good for you. You know, this is important. At the end of the program, I want to remind you, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, you've heard me say it many times on Facebook, on YouTube, on Bible Discovery, we are live, 3.30 to 4.30 Eastern Time. We'll pray for you. Join us, won't you? Today, we need to pray. And as we pray, let's focus on this. Lord, I need your character. <laughs> I do. And I need your help to demonstrate you to others on all of my connections. Lord, help me to do that in Jesus' name. 